0: Hello everyone and welcome back to the Underground Mess Hall. Finn McHale here, and today we're going to be reviewing Chapter Fifty Four, Substitute of Record of Ragnarok. Now to get started, we open the chapter back up to the arena which has all this cracked and destroyed earth and Buddha standing in the center, and we see the human side of the arena just chanting his name going, Buddha, Buddha, Buddha. And then we focus in on Buddha pointing to the sky while holding the... Great Nirvana Sword Zero, but it starts to revert back into the Handle of the Misery Cleaver. While that's going on, Buddha's walking back to the backstage area for the human side for the fighters. And we see the gods just go, like, they're just amazed that, Oh my god, I just can't believe how strong he is. That willpower is out of this world. That's the Buddha. And as Buddha's walking into the backstage side for the human fighters, we see a bird fly down onto the misery cleaver and start to cry while chirping. And Buddha just looks like this and goes, Man, you too, huh? It seems like I wasn't the only one who loved Zero. And during the shot, we see some uh, people who are Buddhists, apparently, at least that's what it looks like, who are praying and crying, thankful that Buddha was victorious, and people around the three great sages just like, cheering on and like, yeah, Buddha, while a visage of Zerofuku's spirit shines above. And it's just a really cool and awesome scene. So as Buddha finally passes the doors to the backstage area, we see him pull his hair back up and Gel and Brunhilde go to meet him. And Buddha just looks up and talking to Brunhilde goes, Buchan smiles and puts up the V symbol with his two fingers while smiling. And Gail responds in kind with two, and they're really happy. However, Buddha starts to collapse. And Gail's like, oh no, Buddha! So they get him on this gurney. And we get to see these nurses, at least for the Valkyries, and they actually have a really interesting design. So they have these made uh, dresses in which they're designed in which, you know, they have... They're black and white. They have a long skirt that goes to the knees or a little bit below the knees. White stockings, you know, what look like old, you know, not tap shoes, but that kind of design black tap shoes. The like nurse's cap that like was like a headband cap that was like right behind the bangs. I had that like white fin or frill. And there are some, there's some frilling and shoulder padding with the torso area but the most interesting thing is they have these wings that cover the fronts of their faces and eyes which make it a really cool design for me and so while they're treating his side wound you know gail's just going uh, uh we're we're reaching the sick bay dude don't die on us buddha and as soon as they reach there buddha lifts his hand up and goes buchan and the nurse is like oh whoa whoa what's going on and brunhilda approaches going buddha thanks for your assistance, you saved us again, I, I can't thank you enough. And Buddha just goes, you got any candy on you? Which catches Brunhilde off guard, she gets some big eyes and goes, what? And Buddha's just like, man, cola-flavored Buddha chups, you know, they're the tastiest thing in the whole world. And so Brunhilde starts chuckling to herself and she's like, all right, I'll get some sent to you later and I'll make sure I get you enough that you can have cavities. And Buddha grins and gives her a thumbs up. And then he starts saying, hey, Buchan, you think you can achieve your own goal now? And Brunhilde responds, with this, oh yeah, we're a step closer to mankind's survival. And then Buddha just leans on his side. He turns on his side and he goes, oh, there you go again, all stubborn-like. Which catches Brunhilde off guard because now she's a little bit more shy and reserved with her facial expression. And Buddha goes, that's all right. And he goes, you know, Buchan, I really like your eyes. They're full of worldly desire. And then he starts coughing up blood, and then the nurses are like, get him to the operating room, you know, please lie down, sir. And then, as the doors close, Gell's like, stubborn, worldly desire? What did Buddha mean by that? And while Gell looks at Brunhilde, she's just standing there quietly, just staring, like, it looks like, She's just caught off guard because it seems that Buddha's seen through her. And that's the end of that, so we don't get any more on that. So we cut over to Beelzebub, who's burning the papers on Hajun and the seed and everything. And while this is going on, we see Odin walk between these bookcases in Beelzebub's laboratory, going, So all that about Hajun, that was your doing all along, Beelzebub. And Beelzebub just doesn't care, keeps tossing the papers in. And then Hogan and Moonen just chime in going, hey, motherfucker, don't ignore us. Yeah, you know, screw you. You want to go, huh? You were doing weird experiments again. You were such a freaking creep. And then Hogan and Moonen start shaking because Odin starts to speak and he's like, I've waited a long, long time in preparation for this battle. I will not allow anyone to disrupt it. This finally gets Beelzebub's attention, and he starts to sit up after throwing all the papers in, and he goes, a long, long time? Oh, how intriguing. And we get this shocked, you know, and it it looks like Odin's caught off guard, but he's also trying to save face by unfurling his robes, not unfurling them, but, you know, raising them up and flashing them so as to try and... Keep his composure, but we see on his face, you know, he's gritting his teeth and Huguen and Moonen are shaking. That's the end of that section. And so then we get back to the Greek gods. And so we get this panel of these little, what look like, you know, cherub, you know, child looking angels in which we see the fighters in each match. And so the losers are X out and the winners. And so Hermes goes, All right, so now the score's back to 3 3. It's all tied up again. We got beaten on top of Buddha betraying us. This is a really crappy win. Excuse me, a little really crappy loss for us. And Hermes just looks like, if we lose again, you know, the tie of the tournament's going to quickly turn towards the humans. And Zeus is, you know, just confirming this. And he's like, you know, all right, you know, and justify the means time now. We got to win the next round. And he flexes his leg muscles and cracks the ground, you know. Shocking no one except Ares, you know. And then Hermes is like, he brings up a really interesting point because he's like, oh, um, quick thing. Um, Now that Buddha is out of the tournament, we have an empty slot. What do you intend to do? And Zeus just goes, well, we can't be too careful about who we select. You know, the humans are really, really strong. And Hermes is like, yeah, I was thinking the same thing. So it looks like they're kinda on the same page. And then Hermes gives a quick glance to Ares. And Ares is like, oh no, please don't tell me he's thinking about me, you know? He's like, I'm a god of war though, you know, it's only natural that, you know, the gods are placing their expectations on me. But then like he was like, Okay, I'll accept. And then all of a sudden he has another thought processing. He's like, wait, 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 wait. You know, mankind's way more powerful than I thought, you know what if i get annihilated you know my pride is a god of war he you was know, like stop stop double guessing stop you know self-doubting yourself come on you know you got to win here and have Valhalla for the name of the gods you got to do it and the narrator goes like all right so this train of thought lasted you know 0.25 seconds and so aries starts to shyly go i i i i i and then we forgot hades is there and hades is like i shall go And this catches not just Ares off guard, but Hermes and Zeus are a little taken aback. And Ares just was like, Hades, you're the ruler of Helheim. You're going to join the battle yourself? And so Zeus just calmly goes, you know, oh, what's ever gotten into you, king of Helheim? Hades looks over at him and he goes, it's a foolish question. So he takes his eye patch off, crushes it, and he's like, you know, it's an obvious answer. This is revenge for Poseidon. And that's the end of the chapter. So, a couple things. Um, I think the biggest things to take out of this chapter is that, one, Buddha hints at a greater goal of Ruin Now, while we don't know about that, he seems to imply it has to do something with becoming human, potentially, because... I don't know, it might have to do something with the human world, because he says, you know, you're full of worldly desire. And that just makes me think that there's something about Brunhilde that wishes something about the human world. We don't have enough here to really go off anything, so I'm going to leave it at that. Now, the next major thing I want to discuss, and this, this will tie the last two major sections of the story we got, and that's the Odin section and the Hades section. So, I don't know who necessarily will be the next fighter, but if I had to pick, I would lean towards Odin, because he's starting to seem more and more battle-hungry, which kind of makes sense being a Nordic god, you know, they're looking for a good challenge, and if Lubu versus Thor was any indication, you know, these Nordic gods seem to be much more battle-hungry and looking for a worthy challenge than some of the other gods. And so, I could definitely see him roaring to go next. Whereas, Hades is way composed, especially compared to some of the other Greek gods. Now, he's not as super serious and just anal retentive as Poseidon as, like, we're gods, we shouldn't have any wants, blah, 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 but he does want revenge, so we do have a really interesting motivation, and I do like that, you know, because Zeus, when Poseidon lost, was kind of like, eh, you know, it sucks, but, you know, this is the nature of the tournament, you know, we're just gonna have to deal with it, whereas I I thought that was kind of weird, because I'm like, you don't want anybody to get revenge, you know, now, they were really upset when Heracles died, but I think that's because he was just much more friendlier and much more just on good terms with the gods. Because Poseidon didn't really come off as that friendly, especially when we got his backstory and what he did to Adamas. So if I had to pick, definitely would pick Odin before Hades. And also, Hades is just filling a spot. He's not saying, I want to go next. She's just like, I'll fill the spot. You know, I can wait. That's the vibe I'm getting off of that. Now, when it comes to Odin and Beelzebub's interaction, it seems that Beelzebub has some interesting ulterior motives, and he kind of doesn't care about the fighters. And I think that's what kind of took Odin aback. But what I'm interested is, you know, was Odin hoping Ragnarok would happen? Because... It seems like he was, and that'll make this really interesting, because depending on who he fights, it'll be a really interesting fight. And on the human side of things, I can't guess who the human fighter could be. I I really can't. You know, that's as much up in the air as anything regarding the next couple of rounds. Like I said, Odin, and just to clarify this point, Odin might not... Be the absolute next fighter, but between him and Hades, I think Odin is more likely to have his fight before Hades does. But, um, other than that, really interesting and a great uh chapter. Something I think that gets um underrated a lot are these developmental chapters in just manga in general because the action sequences are great, but these. Plot development and plot progression chapters, I think, are the more interesting because they give us a lot more to really work with and think about. Like I said, like, we had almost three to five points of discussion we could have. Like, we have Brunhilda, you know, what's her worldly desire? Because Gel even asked, you know, like, what do you mean, like, what's the stubbornness and worldly desire coming out of? Then we have... Odin and Beelzebub, you know, they seem to have some weird backstory, you know, or history with each other. And then we have Hades, you know. That's also going to be interesting is to see, you know, like, what's driving him to revenge because he's very stoic, but he's very pride-bound too. And it seems much more than the other Olympian gods, as I said, compared to when Heracles died. But, you know, I I really hope, you know, we do get into the next fight. But even if we don't, I would love to get more of these chapters of just... Exploring and furthering the plot and understanding these characters. Interestingly, Loki was not in this chapter, I would like to mention, so I'm interested to see what he might do. You know, but with that said, you know, this has been the chapter review for Record of Ragnarok. This has been a Bandolier Corp production. Finn McHale, signing out.